0: We're here with uh, Brittany Bonnington, hunter, journalist, outdoor adventurer, um, thanks for coming.
1: Absolutely, thank you for having me.
0: Uh, at what age did you start shooting?
1: You know, I actually didn't start shooting or hunting until after high school. When I, was, uh, I graduated 17, so I was 17 years old when I started.
0: And you've become pretty proficient in the interim.
1: I hit the ground running. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I grew up in Los Angeles, so I didn't, uh, I didn't grow up around people that were into hunting or guns. And um, my, my friends all at school thought that my dad was a writer, which I told them. And when they asked what did he write about, I said sports. I think they all thought basketball, but I didn't correct them. Okay. Um, and so unless they came to my house and saw the trophies, they actually didn't know that, that my dad was a hunter. And uh, because my parents divorced when I was real young, I didn't, uh, I wasn't around the guns and shooting, so I didn't, um, I didn't want to hear about it and my dad was nice enough not to drown me in it against my will. So I actually didn't get into it until high school was ending and my dad told me that for my graduation present he wanted to take me to Africa. I made him promise not to kill anything in front of me and it was a big dramatic thing and I didn't know if I wanted to go and, you know, to me Africa stole my dad every summer. I didn't understand his passion for Africa and I didn't understand his passion for hunting. So I really didn't have a lot of um, reason to want to go. And so I started doing a lot of research on Africa and what to do there and tourism and hunting kept coming up because hunting is such a huge revenue source for Africa. And the more I learned about it and, you know, sustainable culling of herds and killing the non-breeding older males so the younger ones have food, you know, the African conservation model is really so easily understood. And I, I kind of got that and I was thinking, okay, this I could get my head around. And so I told my dad one day um, that he should teach me how to shoot. We were actually driving and he almost piled the car. He's like, what? And, um, <laughs> and I told him, you know, I, I think you should teach me how to shoot. I don't know if I 100% want to hunt, but I want the opportunity if it comes up. And so we went to the shooting range and I learned how to shoot. And I told him, no, I think I'm ready to do this. I think I might want to do a safari. And he said, okay, but I'm not going to book you a hunt in Africa and then have you get there and chicken out. He didn't believe me. He thought that I would get there and be like, they're pretty and not shoot. (laughs) And so uh, his deal was if I could shoot a wild boar in California, then he would take me on a hunt in Africa. And um, we went up to Paso Robles and we went hunting. And um, there was an awesome sounder of pigs that came over a ridge right at dusk and it was beautiful and there was a whole bunch of them and he says, okay, you see the one with the big black spot? I said, yes. He says, hit the one with the big black spot right in the shoulder. I took my shot and he says, miss. And I'm like, no. He's like, miss. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so he was looking at the black spot one in the front and I shot the black spot one in the back. But we, you know, it had a black All spot right. yeah. <laughs> and the meat <laughs> was nicer because it was a sow. Um, <laughs> but it was rolling down the hill, and so once we figured out that that was happening, uh, he looks at me and he said, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" And I said, "I'm great. I'm great. Let's go see the pig. <laughs> like, leave me alone. Come on." And uh, we got down there, and the pig was dead, so it wasn't a traumatic first experience. It was wonderful, and we made all kinds of sausage from that, and I fed that to my friends very proudly for a year, waiting for that trip to come. And uh, when it did come around, we uh, we did go hunting, and I. Shot a zebra and a kudu and a gummis buck and a spring buck, and I was ruined after that. Ignited hey, yeah, my passion you for Africa. <laughs> 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 Ignited my passion for Africa completely on that trip. And from then on, my dad said, Okay, I'll take you on one hunt a year with me. And those were the days where he wasn't filming, so we got to go alone, which was really nice. It was time spent with my dad that I didn't have really before that, so it was where our friendship and our relationship really developed. And, um, and then when he did start filming, I would do one hunt a year with him on tracks. And that was fun, but it wasn't the same. And I wanted to go back and really have raw Africa. And so I started saving my own money. I actually dropped out of school, which I'm not proud of. But I started saving my own money working five jobs, and I would, uh, I would save up until I could get back there, and I would go help out on Friends Ranches, as long as that three-month visa would let me do so. And then I would come back, so that was Namibia, mostly. And, um, and then I would come back and broke, and save up again until I could go again. And um, that led into articles. People started wanting to hear what I had to say and I started writing for a bunch of outdoor magazines, which led into television. Um, I had done those few episodes with my dad, but I was mostly like a mute the kid following him around. Yeah. And um, and so American Huntress was really the first that gave me a shot. Linda Donahoe came to me and said, here's a cameraman, go make an episode. And that was the first time anyone had done that, and I really had to figure it out on the fly because I had no idea what components you need to actually make a TV show. I thought you'd just go hunt. But that's not it at all. A lot, more, <laughs> a lot more to it. Yeah, so that lasted for quite a few years and then I really enjoyed that and that turned into other television opportunities.
0: So what was it like uh, growing up with uh, a marine outdoorsman? Uh, was it strict or were you forced to be outdoors? Or? Yeah, or was it just a natural
1: thing? You know, he's he's not as tough as you think. He's kind of a big old softy. <laughs> <laughs> to you? <laughs> to me, yeah. No, he um, no, he wasn't strict. Um, he wasn't strict, and and we didn't do hunting stuff together. So, you know, we went to fairs together, and we did stuff like that. We didn't. There was there was not a lot of outdoor stuff. I mean, I was a Girl Scout, so there was that kind of stuff in my life. But I didn't. Uh, I didn't do a lot of hiking or shooting or anything really related. There were zero skills built up. <laughs> I had to learn it all afterwards. But I was athletic. I was a swimmer. So I was swimming on the um, junior Olympic team for synchronized swimming. So that was thirty hours a week. You know, that was that mm-hmm. kept me thoroughly entertained for about eight years. So there was very little else in my life.
0: So you really have a pretty diverse background, swimming, you did some modeling, yeah. outdoor. If you were in... to
1: pay for my Africa tickets. There you go. <laughs> If
0: you weren't in the outdoor industry, yeah. what do you think you'd be doing right now?
1: I don't know, to be honest. I mean, I, I enjoy the writing. <laughs> I never thought about it. It was just a logical, um, it was a logical progression. You know, I, yeah. I, I guess my whole adult life I, I've been pursuing one goal. So, the goal has modified significantly. Yeah. I mean, That's at one like, time it was being able to live the lifestyle. You know, so I didn't care if I made money or not, but I wanted to be on the road all year long. And now it's become, you know, leaving a mark on the industry for a legacy for women for the future. That's what She Hunts is. You know, I I want to inspire women to do more than just follow people around in the brush and actually do it on their own.
0: So. So, So how did She Hunts come about?
1: Well, you know, She Hunts was born because there's, Women are handicapped by chivalry in the hunting industry, you know, guys very often set up the rifles, very often will take you hunting, but they hand you the rifle and you pull the trigger and you hand it back. And that doesn't teach you how to be an independent hunter. So I, I realized this because my dad did it to me, you know, and, and thank, thankfully so because he got me into it. I think if I'd have been thrust in with, with no help, I probably wouldn't have done it. Um, But, you know, after that, down the road where I had to do it on my own and you get a scope and a gun separately and you don't know how to put them together or sight it in, you realize how handicapped you really are. Your hands are tied to, you know, going to find help. And so I realize there's a gap between getting people started and actually training them to be able to do it on their own. So that's what She Hunts is all about. I want to give ladies a firm stance to stand on their own two feet with confidence and be able to go out in the outdoors and take their kids hunting and not be afraid that something's going to come up where they can't answer the question, you know, or figure it out.
0: So when somebody attends your uh, She-Hunt skill camp, what should they expect coming in?
1: Well, it's busy. <laughs> we cover <laughs> a lot, but it's a lot of fun. It's a very low pressure environment. But we cover mounting a scope on a rifle, sighting in your own firearms, stalking, field dressing, wild game, cooking, archery, shotgunning. We do seminars specific to hunting over dogs. We do specific turkey seminars. We always mix it up. There's always different things going on. But, but we really cover the basics. We deconstruct a firearm so it's not a scary thing anymore. It's just metal and wood like a hammer, and a hammer can't hit a nail unless you swing it. Same mm-hmm. with a firearm. So We take the, the bolt out, we show them the pin, and we try to teach them what it is so it's no longer scary so they can handle it confidently. Yeah. And once you do that, it, it really changes their perspective on it. Um, and then once we go from there, we do shot placement and ethical hunting practices and photography. And I mean, we cover everything.
0: That's fantastic. Thank you. Now- <laughs> you you've traveled all over the world what, what <laughs> yeah you have been quite busy what's your favorite hunt
1: um, you know it's hard to say i i i collect experiences um, you know i think a lot of people trophy hunting has got a very bad name it's become a taboo topic um, but i don't hunt for the trophy i hunt for the experience and so for me it's not this is my favorite and I wanna do it every single year. I wanna try something new and push my limits and learn about myself and um, I really enjoyed, we did a Kyrgyzstan hunt and it was 10 days on horseback on the Chinese border up in Kyrgyzstan and it was, you know, all of our stuff on our backs and and camping every night in sub-freezing conditions and it was miserable. But in the end, you learn a lot about what you can actually do. And that was really incredible. I mean, one that we do keep revisiting is the swamp buffalo experience in Mozambique, which is just so much fun. I could shoot a buffalo every year for the rest of my life and be a happy camper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that seems. To I actually be asked like... him recently. I asked my dad if you could shoot the same thing every year, what would it be? And I expected him to say buffalo. He said coos deer. I just what he said. I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, ask him. See if he I'll gives you the it on same my answer. List. <laughs> There you go.
0: What is, uh, what was the most compromising or dangerous position you've ever been in (laughs) on a hunt?
1: Well, that's a pretty obvious one that comes to mind. Um, We had a leopard attack mid-hunt when I was young. Gosh, it was 2009, over 10 years ago now. Um, And we hadn't fired a shot when the leopard attacked and it mauled a few members of our party hunting. It was pretty intense. It's
0: pretty scary.
1: Yeah, I would say that one. You don't get much past that <laughs> for compromise without actually getting hurt.
0: Well, uh, People I, did get hurt. I, just didn't. I know leopard hunting is a, a, a topic of controversy, and uh, the, the antis are all over that. Oh, yeah. How do you address that?
1: You know, with antis, if they hit me with venom, that is uh, name-calling and nastiness, I typically just delete it and block it from my page. If they ask me a question, I'll answer it. If you have an intelligent question, you want to talk and you want an answer, I'm 100% ready to engage. If it's just name calling, then they're already in an emotional state and that you can't argue facts to emotion. That just doesn't work. At least in my experience. Now, maybe it's chicken to just delete it and ban it. Maybe I should be addressing every single one that wants to call me names, but to be perfectly honest, I don't have time. (laughs) It's too much headache. (laughs) So if if, if they have a serious question, I do get people that send me like a message that say, hey, listen, I don't like what you're doing. I don't understand. And I want to know why you think it's okay to do it. I'm like, okay, let's talk. And I'm happy to engage with something like that because that you can talk, you know? And once you give them the facts, a lot of times they're like, all right, I get it. I still don't like it. Like, okay, I wasn't trying to change your mind, but this is why I think I'm in the right, so.
0: Well, here's something I wasn't gonna ask, okay. but I'm gonna ask. Uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> What's your greatest fear?
1: That's a weird one. Um, I have no idea. Uh, sharks? <laughs> sharks come to mind. I don't know, the shark thing is real though. I used to scuba dive quite a lot and the shark thing is, is serious. That that scares me. For some reason crocodiles and such don't. Like in the in the swamps in Mozambique you can't see. You're in swamp water, chest deep and, and so it's that is about there. I d I don't feel like they're looking for me. Like I feel like they'll see movement and they'll run away. Sharks I feel like are like, oh that looks good you know like you're not going to startle a shark and have it run off like it's going to be like ooh, that looks yummy and come for you and you won't even know it a crocodile is like oh what's that and they'll run off you know at least in my experience
0: shark be <laughs> so, <state>. so far
1: <laughs> so I never far <laughs> the crocodiles yeah. <laughs> scatter <laughs> yeah so that's scary <laughs> and i don't like the idea of being like underwater it's like a i mean i am a swimmer i love to scuba but being grabbed underwater, it's like you're so helpless. You're in a different world, it's their world and not ours. So that, that scares me more than, and being drugged under by a croc also scares me. <laughs> I have a lot of time to think about these things when you're waiting in the swamps in Mozambique. <laughs> you're like, now if I did get sucked under these reeds, how would you get back out? <laughs> hippos,
0: Probably not. I used to say
1: hippos, but then I hunted my hippo and I feel a little bit better about hippos. Hippos used char- to be my greatest fear. Yeah, I shot him on the charge. Um, but it wasn't, I mean, I saw them at 15 yards, it wasn't like right at my feet, it was pretty intense though. Okay. Yeah. They used to be my all-time fear, but I, I think I'm okay with them now.
0: <laughs> so, what's next? What's the next well, adventure? Well,
1: we got a baby cooking, so that's exciting. <laughs> um, so well So that's, <laughs> that's my next adventure. Thank you. That's my next adventure. And we're due in August, so that's that's going to be exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. So being a mom is my next adventure, I suppose. But we're still, we've got a lot of stuff planned for the next couple years. So I'm going to take it easy this year and really focus on she hunts while I'm cooking the baby, because I can't do too much travel anyways. Um, and then next year, we've got some hunts booked that are family friendly. I've already made sure that our Alaska will let me bring the baby. Oh. <laughs> so I think this is going to be one of those baby that's on a pack and we just go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm right. excited
1: about it. I nannied for a lot of years, so I'm not stressed about the baby thing. I, I more just want to make sure that we integrate them into our lifestyle and it you know, ends up a family affair.
0: Right. That's yeah. uh, what it's all about, yeah. creating uh, creating.
1: Exactly. family
0: in the outdoors for the next generation to come.
1: Absolutely. Right.
0: I appreciate you. your time. It's all always right. a pleasure to see you, and good luck with the baby and the you. coming season.